Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, everybody. My mappers, Map Your Way to Skinny Success. We are on episode four. Today we are talking about freedom and how to get more of it. Um, During the course of this month, we've been talking about how to feel better about ourselves and finding inner peace, and now we're looking at towards how we can get more freedom into our lives. And on the call today is my good, dear friend and colleague, Annie Berryhill, and I'm super excited that she's with us. And we have known each other for a long, long time, and we just, I guess you could say we rekindled or remet. Some, at Orange Theory, I think we ran into each other and rekindled everything, and it's been a um, beautiful, um, I don't know what you want to call it, blossoming again of our relationship. <laughs> and she has this amazing book called Breakthrough to Freedom, and it's the ultimate guide to creating a life you love on purpose, and it is aligning exactly with what we're doing here in MAP. And I read her book today, and it is really good, as well as it, it says exactly everything that I've been saying, too, but in a, in a different light. And I wanted to bring Annie in to sort of share her experiences and talk about the premise of the book and ways that we can move toward uh, freedom in our lives. So, Annie, um, hi, sister. How are hi. You? I'm doing great. <laughs> this is so fun. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a treat. It's such a treat. We're, we're just... We just nonstop talk, so I hope everybody can enjoy that. We have so much yes. to talk about. <laughs> and at any given time, if anybody wants to chime in or ask Annie a question, please feel free to do that. So we'll go ahead and get started um, right away. And I do want to know a little bit about the background, like where all this came from in terms of your ideas and strategies and the premise of the book, Breakthroughs to Freedom. Can you speak to that? Sure, sure. Um, I think like most people, we're drawn to things that we gain through a lot of life experience, you know, whether that life experience is derived from formal education or the need to learn because we have a challenge we want to overcome. And I, I really believe that the book is is the steps that I personally took to get through some challenges and some stuck places that I had in my life. And I can look back and say, yep, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. And and the culmination of that has led me to this place of just, you know, radical self-acceptance and and joy about who I am and and what I bring to the world and that it's unique and that it's valuable and that when I am in that space totally, it just brings me complete joy. And I want other people to have that because we're all made so incredibly uniquely. Um, obviously, there's similarities in, you know, whether it's your gender or your background or whatever, but, you know, when you take all those cards and you put them together, it's still a unique person. And, you know, one of my mantras and one of my early coaches was so instrumental, and she still talks about it. She actually talked about it on a call not too long ago, uh, where we had this saying, and it was, I am enough. I I, me, myself, and I, I'm enough. I'm enough for everything I want to achieve in the world. I'm enough in the context of the rest of the world. I'm enough for my family. I'm enough. I am enough. And that's really powerful. And and that's really where the book stemmed from. And even when I came up with I'm enough, I am enough, I didn't, I wasn't fully there. And I don't think we ever fully get there because there's always nuances and peeling of the onion and things like that. But that was really the impetus for it. Well, so you, I, okay, so I see where it's come from, and then where did you get the drive to keep plugging through and push through some of the challenges that you had? Well, I think a lot of it comes from the faith, you know, comes from my faith and my belief that if I'm here, then I'm here for a purpose. And really, the goal has been to hone in on my purpose. 
And for some people, that's super easy. My husband is an athlete and he's always been an athlete and he spent 30 years in professional sports. So for him, there, it was like never questioned. So even, you know, he would look at me and like, what the heck's your problem? I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I don't am I a wife? Am I a mom? Am I just a woman? Like, ah, you know, like there's so many facets, you know, typically for a woman, you know, we have a million, you know, that, that saying of like women have, if, if we are a computer screen, we have all of our tabs open and men just have one, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's that easy, but um, you know, the challenges of, you know, childhood and, and what was instilled in me that I thought I was, because of that. And it wasn't actually, I'm enough, trust me. Uh, it was way less than that. And challenges of being a young wife, challenges of being a professional athlete's wife and, and like, who am I in this? Like, I'm not that girl and comparing myself, just like cha- all those normal challenges. I think everybody goes through to some degree, but we never really talk about it. And so by writing the book, it's like I can tackle each one of those things. If you're lost for direction, this is how you get from where you are to where you want to be. If, if you don't understand who you are, I can paint the picture of, of the layers of you. You know, everybody is a bunch of layers together like skin. You know, we're, it's that tight, that, that defined. But we need to pick it apart to just see like all these parts together are really awesome. Or to understand what things we need to exclude, you know, that don't serve us. Well, I think it's interesting that you brought up what is your purpose because I think that is the defining thing in our lives. And if we're not driven by a purpose, why really are we here? Why are we existing? And one of the questions that I asked the mappers was really think about deciding what you want. So instead of saying what is your purpose, like decide what you want in life, right? Similar. Decide what you want mm-hmm. and then maybe set some goals to that. And I know noticed in your book you were talking about road mapping, Right. And sort of, and I loved it, the analogy of driving, right. Right. And, and all the, the different steps you can take to, to do that. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Um, I, I tend to get a lot of uh, like word pictures. So when I'm trying to explain kind of how I see things, it, it usually comes up as a picture and I get them very often and people are like, well, your analogies are amazing. I don't know. They, that's just how my brain works. But so when I was thinking about how I would convey to people what their life is, it, it's really a journey. So you look at, like, if you've ever been on a road trip, we just got back from Montana. So we drove, you know, I don't know, I think we put 3,000 miles on the car, but we drove from California to Montana and back. And, you know, there were things that we had to do. We had to figure out what we brought with us. We had to figure out what we couldn't bring with us, what wouldn't be part of what we needed. We, we had to figure out where we were going to stop, what road we were going to take, what vehicle we were going to take, you know, how we were going to do all those things. And they're very relatable to life. So whether it's a, a long-term goal, like, you know, 2,000 or 1,500 miles away, or it's, it's really just into next week, you know, the, the way you do it is very similar. You've got to figure out how you're going to get there, what you're going to take with you, what you need for supplies, who may be going with you. Right? What are you going to do in case of an emergency? What if you get, you know, shoved off the road and you get a flat tire? Uh, you know, of course, that's a picture for what if you end up stumbling in your journey. You know, all those things are likely to happen. That's just the reality of life. Things don't go perfectly all the time. And if they've ever gone perfectly, that's rare. So it's, it's just making that plan like you're planning for a trip and all the things that you need and you don't need and the, and the kind of the vision you need to have hey, I'm going here, we're stopping here, we're bringing this on the way, we need to be prepared for this, you know, that, that kind of idea. Yeah, I love the analogy that choose your destination was step one, step two was what type of vehicle will you need to get there. I love that one. And, you know, that could be yourself, you know, what your own body, your own, your own self. Who is your traveling <laughs> companion with step three? Loved it. It's like accountability to help you stay on track. What supplies will you need to acquire, pack, and bring? You were just talking about that a little bit ago. And then what signs and markers do you need to stay on track, right? Stay yep. on the road. Because <laughs> this is so similar to map. When I talk about mapping your way somewhere, this is exactly what we're talking about. We're mapping our way to those specific things. Exactly. Um, feeling better about yourself and the inner peace and then our freedom. You wrote also step six, set a time frame for arrival. Seven, be ready to adjust if you encounter roadblocks, which we always do, right? We're always in our yep. head about things. 
Um, step eight, keep reviewing your map and make adjustments where needed. Love that. Nine, remember why you want to get to the destination. Love that one too, right? And, you know, sometimes I remember looking at this going, wow, remember why you wanted to get to this destination. Why is it that you want this specific goal? Why, what is it that you have decided that you want? What is that? And remember that. Remember that feeling. Remember how that um, looks like to you. And then maybe work backwards a little bit. So always exactly. step nine is, is so huge for me. Step 10 is arrive and celebrate. That's awesome because you say that too many people skip this step once they reach a goal. It's like, okay, done, bucket list check, what's next? You know, and never exactly. take the time, right? Can you um, talk yeah. a little bit to that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because um, I it took me three years to write this book. And it, it was because it was unfolding and I would write it in chunks. I, I had it structured out. And now as you're talking about it, I can so relate it to my recent trip to Montana. It's crazy. Because (laughs) let me tell you, you know, with four adults in a car and a Labrador stuffed to the hill in a rented suburban, there are times where you're bickering and people are doing things in the car where you're like, you're totally annoying me. No, I don't want to listen to that or whatever. And, you know, we had to remember what the payoff was. You know, we had to remember that we rented a house on a lake where there were only, you know, 200 homes on this humongous lake. It's crystal I'm right clear. Here. It's, you know, it's, you got to remember the, the reason why you're, why you're excited and why you even started. Because in those times when we were bickering or somebody did something that was not a good idea to do in a car full of people, you know, or you had to share a room with people who snore and you don't usually sleep in the same proximity. Like, you know, like all of those things, you have to keep your eye on the prize and say like, I just want to be on that lake. When we get there, it's going to be worth it. When we get there, it's going to be worth it. When we get there, it's going to be worth it, you know? And um, it's very much that way with, you know, small goals, large goals, and they can even be, um, you know, things that are just a bridge to get to the next place. You know, I mean, we could have easily gone to Canada. (laughs) <laughs> we could have kept going and, and, and gone on to someplace else from there. So it's almost like even those goals can be a stepping stone. But we, we tend to, I don't know, different people do it different ways. Some people have a really hard time starting because the vision seems too big and the breakdown of the smaller pieces is just too hard. And some people bite off more they can, than they can chew. And some people don't express their opinion about how they think it should happen. And other people are so regimented in how they do things that it leaves no room for fun and it leaves no room for life just happening. So it's like, it's just kind of playing all those sides depending on where you are and and keeping your eye, you know, on where you want to end up. Well, you make a good point about being overwhelmed and anybody that travels, and I know that Missy that's on the phone, they travel a lot too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They, that it can be overwhelming. Just getting ready and prepared for it is overwhelming. And then actually doing the work to get prepared for it and then getting into the vehicle and moving mm-hmm. towards whatever destination or goal, um, that part of it can be very much so overwhelming that then you're you're paralyzed, right? You don't yeah. really know what totally. that next step is. You were talking about smaller steps earlier, and one of the things that Jack teaches us is the rule of five. That's something I'm going to put up this week, where you, we did talk about chunking it down into smaller pieces, but then even going a little bit further and giving yourself permission to take that smaller piece and put like five tasks to get towards that smaller piece. Maybe do that in one day. Maybe it takes you a couple of days to do that five steps to get towards the smaller piece, to get towards the bigger goal. So it it then becomes more doable, more manageable, and not so overwhelming and stressful. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think that's great. It reminds me of Stephen Covey, you know, start with the end in mind and reverse engineer things. And then it becomes easier to say, okay, if this is the, you know, the highest level view of like these, the, you know, the basic bullet points, and then you can craft from there, what are the top five, top five priorities in each one of those, you know, main, main bullet points, those overriding points. I I think it's just, it's so um, liberating because five is not overwhelming, you know, you start to move past five and it just seems like, oh, I can never get these things done. But you look at five and you're like, all right, one, two, I get to three. That's the tipping point. I'm on my downhill slide to finishing five. You know, like it's, it's really, really doable. And I really subscribe to that. The other thing, too, that I think really works is um, 
the, the idea of kind of being in the present. So we get overwhelmed if we, so say we make that map and we go, we work backwards, we reverse engineered it, we see every day and we see the five points underneath and you look at it in totality and you're like, holy geez, that's a lot. That yeah. is a lot of stuff to accomplish. But, you know, for the, the, the people who tend to be overwhelmed by the enormity of things, really all you have to do is walk into that first one, right? You know, the first thing is maybe you put everything in the garage that you want to take. <laughs> you know, you, you put the people stuff and then, and then you slow, you just go like, in this moment, this is what I can do. I don't have to worry about the next moment or the one after that or the day after that. I just, I'm going to be present right here and complete this before I get, you know, overwhelmed by the totality of it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like if people are trying to get in shape, if people are trying to change some habits that are detrimental to them, you know, we want to undo, you know, I see nutrition clients all the time where they're like, I want to lose 80 pounds by tomorrow. And you're like, did you gain those 80 pounds yesterday? Because that's right. not going to work. <laughs> you know, that's just not going to work. That's not reality. And so allowing yourself that freedom to to just breathe through each moment and, you know, take those little steps and know that progress is what we're shooting for, right? Not, you know, not necessarily yeah. quick. And it's interesting that you said allowing yourself um, permission. I think that was the defining moment for me in everything that I that was thrown my way and the circumstances that I had been through and allowing myself permission to feel how I felt and then allowing myself permission to work through it, not feel like I have to rush, not feel like I have to, I, I just, instead of placing more stress on myself about that situation, and it all happened in a short span of time, that, that giving yourself permission, one, even if I couldn't get to the five tasks, it yeah. was okay. I'm just going to turn it over to the next day and the next day. And I still do that. I task mm-hmm. myself out of my house all the time. And I just, I have, I'm not, I'm still a work in progress. I'm staring at a pile of um, papers right now <laughs> going, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. You know, I'll get to it. You know, I'll just get to it. But I love the permission part. And I think that is the key to starting to feel freedom. Because if you bog yourself down so much, I believe truly that if you bog yourself down with I had the have tos, then or I don't want to deal with, then that becomes more paralyzing or detrimental than saying, you know what, it's okay. It is okay right. to relax about this. It'll be here tomorrow. I say it you all know, the time. I think when we were talking the other day, I, I said this to you, and it's funny. I hadn't heard anybody else say it because I, I really did not take this from anyone. I I thought of it myself because it was so funny. And it's the idea of like, don't should all over yourself. Stop shooting <laughs> no. all over yourself. You know, like it's such a play on words and it sounds terrible if you're not actually listening. You're like, what? <laughs> but when you listen to that and you think about it, it has the same connotation. Like the should land on you like the other word it sounds like. You know, like when you put all that pressure of like, I should do this, I should do that, I should, you know, and part of freedom comes from like determining what it is that is the priorities for your life. And as women, I'm going to speak, you know, primarily to women because I'm a woman, um, you know, we go through phases in our life potentially where we are responsible for other people. You know, that is our job. And so even this path to freedom or this path to purpose, it can change. My kids are grown and I can tell you like, I was a little girl and I wanted to be a mom. That was something that I really wanted to do. And I took a lot of pride in it. And when my youngest left, I really was in an identity crisis because I thought, what do I do now? Like, uh, when you do a good job as a mom, your kids leave and they don't need you so much anymore. Like that's the worst knife in the heart, (laughs) you know? So we go through these phases where, you know, you're constantly evolving and women, we, you know, we take on so much, but it's the idea of like, your purpose is valuable and when you're clear about that, it's much easier to shield yourself from shoulding on yourself because there's not should. It's, it's what, what aligns with, you know, what is, what is what I need to go on this journey or this path that I'm going on. 
Well, no, this is good stuff. You know, I was thinking about I had lunch with a friend today, and he was sharing with me that he didn't want to deal with a certain situation. He's like, oh, I just, you know, I just, I just would rather just brush it under the rug. And he's such a vibrant, loving person, and it was really painful to see that he just didn't want to deal with it because it was so overwhelming for him and so stressful that he just chose to, to just shut it down and mm-hmm. chose to live like this. And he is not free. He is not free in the, you know, certain arenas in his life. So I know when I was sharing with him some steps that he could take, and of course, when, when it's such a mountain to that person or yourself, a task, you know, dealing with a task, because it can be super emotional. It doesn't always, you know, it could be more than just a pile of papers like I'm talking about that the steps to take, even me getting a divorce or having to file for bankruptcy, certain things or getting rid of selling the studio, all those things happened and it was so overwhelming, but it just, for me, I didn't see any other choice but to, you know, plow through it and really make it happen for myself and for my kids. And and he has kids too. So it was, that was one of the things, something that sort of motivated him to think about it. Hey, it's not about you. You know, yeah. this situation could be really unhealthy, right? And the same thing for mm. me and others, that if it's an unhealthy situation, what could motivate you to step out of it so that you can see the bigger picture, you can see that end result to work backwards towards something. Yep. And I think that's where the goal comes in, and that's what I think you're talking about as well. Right, right. And and we, you know, I mean, I've been married for a long time, and I, I plan to be married for a long time, but it's an interesting thing even in that context where you're not changing your relationship. It's like, but your relationship changes because each person grows and, you know, the freest, most happiest marriages are where, you know, one partner is encouraging the other partner to grow and they're not threatened by it, you know, and that takes work. So even in the context of that, it's like, yeah, well, I think it's great that you're going in that direction and I'm going to support you. It's nothing I want to do, but (laughs) you go get it girl. You know, like that's, that's awesome too, you know? Yeah, I mean, and a lot of it too, it, and I keep coming back to that more motivation and drive because a lot of us can sit complacent and comfortable where mm-hmm. we're at, but it may not really be comfortable, right? It's just oh, scary getting it out of that box. Go ahead. It's so, you know, it, what's crazy about that, I always think about this. Again, This it's like another, it's like another picture. If you've ever, it is another picture, but if you've ever like driven and you're at a stoplight uh, and you're at a stoplight, so you're putting gas, you know, putting the gas on, and you're going to a stoplight. Well, you're tenant, you know, you're going to put the brake on because you don't want to run the red light. But if you didn't, and you just let go of the gas, you would slide backwards. And it's kind of the same thing in life. There's either moving forward or going backwards. It's a fallacy and a lie to think you can ever be there, right? You're not going to be stopped in the middle and like, ah, everything's going to be okay. We seek comfort all the time because so many people are uncomfortable in the stress, the stress, you know, like if you think about it, growth is stress. When kids are growing, they have leg pain because their bones are stretching. That's uncomfortable, but it's leading them to grow. They're getting bigger adulthood, right? It's not comfortable. And people equate discomfort with something that they don't want to experience, you know. And, yeah, granted, there are plenty of people who don't want to grow. But if you're not – I think it was a guy named David Bird who I think took it from someone else. He said, if you're not growing, you're declining. So mm-hmm. thinking that you're, you're going to aim for the comfort zone, it, you know what, it, it's not. Aim, aim for growing right? Even if it's a little bit at a time. And that's where I think the motivation comes from. It's not like you have to be hard charging and, you know, blowing out your adrenals because you're always like, I'm going, I'm doing this hardcore, everything. It's not <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's just like one little footstep in, in front of the last footstep, you know, and it may be heavy and it may be hard, but you're standing up <laughs> and you're leaning into it. Maybe that's the minimum you can do, but I, I think, yeah, people are very addicted to the comfort zone, and the comfort zone is a trap. I think so, too. And, you know, it's funny that you said that about always having that that drive into adrenal fatigue. Maybe you can explain that a little. I mean, I know probably everybody knows what that is, but just those of us who are in the fitness 
world, that yeah. there's so many people that work out to maximum and then some that they're actually doing themselves a disservice, right? So yeah, in um, yeah. in meeting, it, 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 it's so funny because we could also stress ourselves out to that point of and be so stressed out to the point of, you know, all of this circles back to health and wellness. And that's really what you and I do when we're speaking to our tribes is helping them recognize um, what it would look like if you could get rid of some of these issues. The reason why I was bringing up that that hilarious comment about working out so hard to adrenal fatigue because now I'm much older and my workout routine has gotten a lot more uh, meditative, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a choice I've made. And I was in a boot camp class. Actually, uh, to be honest, it was a yoga class, but it was a sculpt class. And I don't really think that the two fit. That's just my own personal. I don't think burpees mm-hmm. and yoga go together in the same class. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But, I mean, this particular class was, and the girl that was leading it, and she's actually a friend of mine, so I um, – egg her on but she wanted us to do push-ups and I don't want to do push-ups like I don't enjoy doing that so she was forced to you know you need to get on your toes and do these push-ups and I looked up at her and I said really I really don't have to do this anymore (laughs) I'm gonna do it on my knees thank you (laughs) self-love and self-care you know and that was my my freedom like I didn't force myself because someone else told me that that needed to happen, right? And that's another point too. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe you it, can I speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I think it, I think it still falls under the heading of don't shit on yourself. You know, just because <laughs> somebody tells you you should do it. Um, I work for a company uh, doing some things that are, if you want to layer them, they're probably in my in my higher skill set and and things that I like to do, but they're not my my pinnacle. And uh, you know, more and more. I I feel like a physical reaction to when I have to participate in that, that is worthwhile to listen to. And and the reason I even give that example is because we all, we all feel that we feel, you know, we'll feel a resistance. Um, And, and sometimes resistance is for safety. You know, it's more like, whoa, hey, 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 whoa. You know, sometimes resistance is because we're moving into discomfort and discomfort isn't on what you like to do. Personally, I, I like to see how much I can endure. I don't know why. I'm just a weirdo that way. But I, I do like to, like, push myself to see what I can do. And I never want to stop doing that. But, you know, the point is that your body does talk to you. And I think we've, we've become so good at ignoring what our body is saying, whether it's, uh, you know, like a weird feeling you get at the back of your neck right? Mm. It's like, whoa, 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 what was that? You know, like somebody says something to you or you're in a situation, you're like, whoa. It's that intuitive side of you that just goes, hey, this doesn't coincide. This doesn't match. This doesn't align with where you're going, what you want to do, your values, what you believe, you know, name, name a, a layer. But we, we spend a lot of time ignoring that or pushing that away when in reality, we create freedom when we can understand that that's sort of a warning, you know, or that's a, a get your attention thing that says this path may not be taking you where you want to go. I really, really pay attention to that a lot. And, and, and most decisions that I make, if they're not a quick knee jerk decision, I'll really go, how does this make my body feel really? Mm -hmm. And even in, in working out too, but really, like you said, going, aligning yourself with, with what feels best for you, that intuition. And my big thing is saying no to a lot of things. Like yeah. right after that yoga class, the teacher, the instructor came up to me and she goes, meet me tomorrow at lifetime and take a spin class. And I said, no. no. <laughs> I don't want to put that stress on my body. It's not, it, it doesn't feel right to me. I'm, I'm going to go for a run instead. I mean, I, yeah. that's kind of my thing. But, but before, you know, a couple years ago, I would have said, oh, you know, I felt like I have to do this because I'm part of this community and I should do this and be should. in a class of 100 people. See? You said it. You should. So, you would have should all over the re- I should all over my but not anymore. And you should have seen the look on her face, right? It was hilarious. She just was like the smile went away. And I said, it's nothing against you. 
It's just, I, I would rather not spin. That's not my thing. But thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Just like the push-ups. It's so true. And I, I, one of the things that's just, you know, and I think it's like being seasoned and I think it's, you know, growing up and growing older and being, you know, having enough experience to know what you want, what you don't want. But, you know, it's so powerful to really be able to you to, to understand and, and tune into your, your intuition that way. And to, and so much of what happens in the world is, someone's belief that it's them, you know, we personalize it, we take it personally, that it, it is that. But in reality, like you said, it's, it's not that. And one of the things that I really learned to do is to take sort of a step outside of myself in situations where maybe somebody was upset with me, maybe somebody was disappointed, maybe somebody commented on something that I wrote that, you know, I might have triggered it, I don't know. But I take a step outside myself and look at myself and say, what was my responsibility? What did I, what could I have possibly done that caused this to happen? You know, what was I responsible in any way? And to look at myself from the outside and really take a non-emotional view of a situation and say, you know what, I, I just made a choice and it's nothing against her, like using your situation. Like, I just made a choice. It's not right for me, but you're still my friend. You know, so, right. so I, I take responsibility where responsibility needs to be taken. And I also let go of things that aren't my responsibility. Her feelings about my choice are not my responsibility. Right. Exactly. You know, nobody's is, feelings are my responsibility at all. It's, it's, yes, it's so true. And, and I do try to teach my kids that because, you know, they're 12, 13 and they're going through that stage where kids are starting to make fun of them about certain things and, um, and it's, it, it is, don't take that on, right? Just ask them not to do that anymore. Hopefully they'll respect you enough not to do it. And if not, they're not your friends. So it's, it's, it's taken me this long, right? I wish I had had that when I was their age. But, you know, obviously we are all here getting to this point, learning, right, with opportunities and learning from our mistakes. But it's definitely, you're right. It's how you respond. And, and I talk about it in math is the E plus R equals O, your event, and how you respond to it is your outcome. And that taking right. that responsibility for that part of the outcome. Like, how did you right. get yourself in this situation? And what can you do to maybe not do that the next time, but um, also make it better? Or Well, and I think even the it, next layer of that is, is digging down and saying, why was that my reaction? Why, what in me was responsible for reacting in the way that I did, if, especially if it's negative? Like, why did that, like, there's been times where maybe I see somebody in a similar industry, and I'm going to be totally transparent here. I see somebody in a similar industry who are further along in the course of, like, their business and, you know, how they impact people, and I get jealous. Right. And I, and I think, Ooh, like my first, my first feeling is that ugly, like envious feeling where you're just like, Ugh, I, I don't want them to do well. And you just like have this whole thing that goes through your mind really, really fast. So if I use that technique of like, separating myself, I, I can look and go, Whoa, okay. That was jealous. Like I'm mm-hmm. jealous about that. And then you go, okay, why am I feeling jealous? And then I can easily say, well, cause they're doing all the things that I want to be doing. And then I can say, what have you done to be where they are? And I go, oh, well, probably not all they've done. You know, so I need, you know, so then it becomes almost like the gauntlet. You know, well, then I probably need to get up off my butt and do some of those things, right? So it goes back to me. Like, it was my responsibility. They didn't do anything. They can't make me jealous. I have to own that and know that it came from inside me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a process. And when you've been sitting in that muck for so long, it, for us, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but practicing that over and over and over again. And that's why I put the affirmations up and I challenge my mappers to say beautiful things about themselves and be in the flow and be a powerful god or goddess and show that love for yourself so that the love of other, you can show love for others right? And then it takes a lot of pressure off of yourself for in that comparison that you were talking about and the way that people are perceiving themselves versus others. There's no doubt that it's not a struggle. It's a struggle daily. I mean, you and I banter back and forth and and joke. I was talking about my age (laughs) on the phone call 
And it's really just a number. And I know that and I laugh about it, but it is, I mean, it's a reality. There's no doubt about it. Um, But I still feel amazing, you know, at this age. And, and I work really hard to feel that way about myself, right? Because it has to come from me before I can share love with my children or friends or dogs or whatever, right? right? So, and whatever steps I need to take to do that provides me that love and freedom, right, uh, for my day. And it and, and frees me up. Right. And yeah. ultimately, you know, there's that saying that people, the most believable thing about you isn't what you say, it's what you do. So when you give lip service to saying affirmations, love yourself, blah, 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 but you're not actually conveying that, people can smell it. And right. so it, you know, you can't be a spokesperson. It takes practice. It takes going through the trenches. And, and if you would have told me in my 20s that I would have to go through everything that I went through to get to the place that I dreamed of being, I would say, I don't know if I want to sign up for that course. <laughs> like, I'd rather be not. You know, it's painful. It's embarrassing. It's uh, trial and error. It's really vulnerable. It's all of those things. But yet, in the place that I've arrived to being now, not even saying that I'm done. Like I'm, I'm so glad, like I'm so glad that it happened the way that it did because what I'm experiencing now in my life and my mindset. And, and it's like, it's almost like a whole new world. I feel like every day I look at life, like I can see past the physical and into the spiritual and into the, into the realm of like knowing more because I've learned so much, you know, I I think I, I gave you the analogy the other day of, I don't ever look at people for what they are. If you have an embroidery, you have this big tapestry embroidery where somebody took needles to, you know, create this. And on the front, it's just flawless. It's beautiful. The colors, the richness, but you flip it over on the other side and there's all the knots and the crossings and the, you know, the things where you're like, Oh my gosh, that's a mess. But you flip it over and you see the beauty of what has come from the mess. And I want to, I want to see what made that person. I want to see what, how I got there, you know, like that's, intriguing to me and so that's why I just love working with people because you know whatever they tell me whatever they show me whatever they want me to know I'm like okay that's good but let's get to the real story which is uh-huh. the back of the tapestry you know and that's yeah. important it's important for all of us getting to the root so yep. with all that being said there's also um a chapter that you were talking about because we can we can all do this and say this, but it's a little bit challenging to do it on our own, which is why I created MAP, because I wanted people to be accountable for how they're treating themselves or how they're acting and et cetera and taking care of themselves. So you touched a little bit on about taking action and accountability, and I just wanted you to speak to a little bit of that if you could. Yeah, this is a great freedom. Yeah, this is a great theme right now. I'm working with a group of people and taking them through a a nutrition program that I'm, I, you know, it's basically all all my knowledge put together. And I'm just a nerd about nutrition. I just, I just love it. And I can't get enough of it. So I've I've been teaching a a group of people through this course. And in the pre work, I did some surveys with them or some, you know, some forms that they had to fill out to tell me a bit about themselves. And 75% of the people were talking about how they've not been able to make nutritional changes. They've ended up in places that they haven't wanted to be health-wise or physically uh, due to lack of accountability. And so I was telling one of my potential clients last night, I said, you know, for me, when I was training uh, for CrossFit competitions, I had decided like, oh, I'm going to take it to the next level. I'm going to hire a coach. And part of what my coach required was for me to report to him everything that I put in my mouth. (laughs) And so we had agreements and he helped me put together a plan, but I am not always a good, not not a good student. I'm just a little bit of a rebel. Like I don't want to be put in the box. So there'd be times that I got the plan, but there also be times when I'd be having things that I knew that I had to tell him I was having. And I'd be like, just (laughs) about to put it in my mouth, but knowing that we had this honest relationship with each other and he just wanted to help me excel and I wanted to excel, then I thought, I can't 
tell him. So it wasn't that I couldn't tell him that I would lie. I couldn't eat it because I couldn't admit to him that I had it, you know. So that's like the power of accountability, not not in a punitive way, not, you know, not as in wag your finger, naughty, naughty. You know, people often look at me when we're out and they'll be like, oh, I'm going to eat these fries. I'm like, dude, I'm not the food police. It's your body. I know, I get that want. too. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I'm not your food priest, you know, I'm not your food police, you know. And, but I think accountability, it's, it's so interesting. And, you know, you have your map group and I, and I have a group for these students and I'm just watching the interaction that's happening between them. And it just makes me so happy because they are holding each other accountable. We had a, I had them have to state a goal that they were doing between, you know, one webinar to the next webinar and they had to write it. They had to say it in a statement. You know, they had to say, I am going to track my food or I'm going to whatever. And, you know, people are like, yeah, go for it. And like, you know, prompting them and saying, Hey, how are you doing? And it's so powerful because it's something that they needed and they wanted and they're getting. And so, they're just, it's so cool because they're excited and it's almost like they don't need to know anything. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it and I'll have to report to somebody and that'll make me stay with it. So it's, <laughs> right. it's super simple, but it's super scary because, but I think that the whole deal with accountability is you have to make it this quasi, you have to make it safe enough that people feel like they're not going to be you know, beaten down if they choose to stray or, you know, go off the plan or whatever, you know, the parameters are. But at the same time, knowing that, like, the cost to themselves is really what's at stake, you know, and that's right. valuable. And that comes from not valuing yourself. Like, when you think, you know, when someone else's opinion is greater for you than how you value yourself, there's an imbalance there. And that's what I want to move people towards. Like, I'm valuable enough that I don't need to put that cookie in my mouth when I need to lose 60 pounds. Losing 60 pounds is more important than eating that cookie because I'm worth it because I'm valuable, you know. Yeah. No, I I totally agree with you. and Because uh, I belong to a mastermind group, and there's eight of us on this call. And every two weeks we meet – and so during the time after we meet, I have two weeks to do what I say. Mm-hmm. And if I, again, if I don't get it done, I'm okay with that. And I, on that call the next time, these are the things that I got done and these I didn't have a chance to get to. And they are just like, congratulations on what you did. And it's really more of a, of keeping me on track to my goals as well as also getting the feedback right, from doing it and being successful in maybe a little bit that I got towards it. And even sometimes I don't, I don't have the time to do it, but I, but I still meet with them and, and know that, okay, well, I was a little off track this time, but I will step back on it and, and move towards my goals. And I think that has really been key is having an accountability person. And I do have a single accountability person that we talk to weekly or I talk we I talk to weekly and that also helps with different things or smaller things so like and lengthier conversations and not in a group situation and and that's and that's really the ideal situation to be able to have people that really they want you to win you know they don't want to you know be the crack the whip person but saying you know was that the things that you didn't get, get done was that due to like over committing was it to making too lofty Absolutely. of a goal that wasn't wasn't able to be done. Did you did you not take into account everything that was going to happen in your life peripherally, you know, during that two week time? And so, you know, some of it is about just being realistic, and some of it is about were you lazy? And and I think when you have a group of people that you know have your back, you can say like, I totally blew it off, and I own it. I totally right. blew it off. Like it was a beautiful day, and I wanted to go to the beach, and I blew it off. And they're like okay, what'd you learn? Like you learned that that particular day I didn't grow in whatever way. So it's all good. It's all good. And it is, but then it's also on the flip side, it's it's also allowing or giving yourself permission. Like I had said earlier, if I, you know, I'm writing another book, but I'm also doing the map group and I'm a single mom and I'm raising two kids and I know I would like to open the book and do it. And every week or two weeks I say, I'm going to write. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. And it's okay because I've given myself permission. Once a hole opens up for me to get started on again, I'm going to flow with it and just let let it happen instead of going, okay, you know, write it down in your schedule and don't let anything else happen and, and you've got to get this done. And it's just, 
it, it obviously it helps to put a timeline on it, but I'm just okay with it because sometimes I'd rather go out with a friend and have lunch than sit in front of a computer for eight hours a day. So, you know, that, again, getting back to that freedom thing and, and giving yourself permission and allowing other things, it's it just all, everything for me, and I know as I'm doing this more and more with people in MAPS, and you are probably doing with your with your people too, it's the flow of things. It will work mm-hmm. out. If I don't get to grocery shopping today, okay, I'll get to it tomorrow. If I don't get to the laundry today, that's okay, I'll get to it tomorrow. And a hole always opens up for me to get stuff done if it, if and, it needs and, to get done. But if I hold it so tightly and try to control it, right, yeah. then it could be disastrous. It's disastrous for myself because then I go into beating myself and then the negative thoughts come into play and all that stuff. So go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I, no, no, no. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think it's just really reflective of our priorities and our values. You know, when we value people and relationships over tasks and chores, you know, and it, it can be like with your book, like you have this desire to write the book, but it's not the priority because your children take priority. Whether right. they want to sit down and just snuggle with you on the couch and just watch a movie, like, yeah, that could be great writing time, but guess what? That is so fleeting. I can tell you from a parental standpoint, you know, your kids wanting to spend time with you and close to you and kind of feet crossing and touching and just being together, that's fleeting. And that is worth more than anything you could get from writing a book, you know, and, but maybe not. I mean, obviously some people's priorities are different, but I think it goes to your priorities and values. Like for me, I always, I don't hesitate to spend money on experiences or education. I always want to learn something, and if I have to spend money, I will do it on education or going somewhere or meeting someone. Like those things, as far as money goes, and you know, my family is 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 just number one. My family's number one. I mean, we've moved, uh, we've lived in thirty eight different places. We've moved thirty eight times in the twenty eight and a half years that we've been married. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. You know, my husband sometimes gets a little annoyed with me, like, well, I, you know, I'm in this transition in my career, so why, you know, I almost feel like sometimes he says, well, why can't you just, you know, take over the financial aspect that I was providing? And I'm like, dude, you've been doing that for 30 years as a specialist. I've been holding our family together for all this Mm -hmm. time, you know, and that means I'm doing a lot of different things and not focusing on building a career or building anything like that. So now I get to start from square one or I get to start from the little bit of momentum I had coming out of that or what my passions are. And so, you know, it's just, it's just really interesting because, you know, I made my family a priority. My priority was not a career. My priority was not other things. And that's just life. And you just, like you said, you just give yourself permission to say, this is my priority and I'm going to honor that first. And it it does shake out in in just unexpected ways, you know. Absolutely, no, absolutely. So this has been really an awesome. Um, I know we're getting close to the hour time, but I just wanted yeah. to do a quick recap and then ask if anybody has a question. But what I'm getting from all of this is thinking about what your purpose is for. Uh, the freedom, right, where where that's coming from. And then giving yourself permission, we talked about that, making, you know, saying no to certain things, um, moving out of our comfort zone. I think that's a, a good one. Motivation and drive and, and where do we get that from and how do we keep that? Um, we do that via accountability, accountability partners, a mastermind group or, or whatever. It, it takes somebody there to sort of be there as your cheerleader we're moving forward consistently and not going backwards. And the, I, I just keep going, circling back to the say no, say no, say no. <laughs> yeah. Just say no, you know, um, to things that aren't feeling good and right for you. Yep. And saying yep. yes to the things like today, like a, a relationship. Wow, what's that? I'm not having a relationship with my computer? <laughs> yeah. It just felt so good to do that yep. and be out in the sunshine for a minute and just allow that to happen. Let the flow go. Yep. So let the flow go. There, let the flow go. Is there anybody that has a question at all for Annie? I'm just going to be quiet for a minute.
All right, Ms. Berryhill, I think we have wrapped this up. Do you have any um, last few words that maybe you want to share about the Breakthrough to Freedom? Uh, I would just say that the freedom comes in from just understanding and embracing who you are, not who you think you have to be. And everything you need to live the dreams that are in you are already there. All the skills, all the tools, all the experience, all the desire, it's already there. And if we quiet, you know, quiet things down and really listen in and tune in to all of those things, we'll be better able to hear and be focused on pursuing what is our purpose. Because I truly believe like links on a chain that when we aren't living our purpose, we make gaps in the chain and, and we're disconnected from our contribution in the world because something that we do is going to make a difference to somebody else doing what they want and need to do with their life as well. So that would be beautifully said, beautifully said. Well, I thank you again. Thank you so much time. uh, No, thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate this valuable, invaluable information. It's just so good. I'm definitely going to get it transcribed. And so we can share this with more people. It's, it's amazing. I think a lot of people could benefit from your book and, and finding freedom for sure in their lives oh, and just being happy all the way around. So thank you again, um, Annie. And I, I know I will see you soon in class somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Kidding. for having me, Amy. It's been a blast. It's always great to just hang out with you. Yes, I love you, girl. Love you, too. All right. So, Mappers, I will see you guys tomorrow morning in in Facebook land, and I'll be going live soon. We're going to offer a few more phone calls and a few more live feeds. And if you guys have any questions, definitely connect with me offline. You can also chat with us in, in Facebook, on the Facebook page. So you guys have a great evening, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Mwah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.